What happens when life as you know it gets flipped upside down? How do you deal? How do you cope? I'm Captain Sandy. And I'm Leah Ray. And this is the Captain Sandy and the Leah Ray Show. We know these moments all too well, don't we, Leah? Yes. We've learned a thing or two about navigating those uncharted waters. And we're talking about how to get through the ups and downs life brings us and also shed light on the joy and grace that can be found in the hard moments. So let's learn how to do the next right thing. Hi, welcome to the Captain Sandy and Leah Ray show. I personally am so excited to have this guest on our show is Dr. Larry Woodman. He's a mindset coach. He has over 25 years experience as a psychiatrist and 20 years working with high performance um, athletes from all over the world. And I am just so excited to ask him a ton of questions on how he got started in this industry. And um, welcome to our show, Dr. Woodman. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I'm so honored. Thank you honored. for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because um, what you do is you change lives. And that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast, to be able to, inf- you know, affect change in people, to help them with them. Because it, it's all mental, isn't it? It begins with the mental. And then it goes into the physical. It's like threefold. So will you share with us what you do? Yeah, and how you got started. Well, you know, I I consider myself, I'm a psychiatrist by trade, but which means there's part of my life where I diagnose and treat mental health conditions. But the vast majority of my time today is, I recall, working with high performers. And that's not just in sport, but life. And anybody who's trying to max out, anyone who has a growth mindset. And I just believe that we can train our minds by any physical skill. And so many people don't know that. But when you have a, a process in place and they understand that there's a mechanism for change, and that our mind has such an impact on performance in our life, whether it be sport, work, relationships, that if we can show them a path, then I have a lot of people that are willing to buy in to learning how to train their minds as what I would call an overall um, willingness to be elite in what they do. So where did you see a void, like specifically in the sports industry? Um, you know, you mu- you must have seen a need for what you offer for athletes. And so what kind of got that started for you to specifically zone in on high performers in the sports industry? Yeah, you know, like a lot of things in life, probably you can relate to things happen almost by accident. Um, I was working as a psychiatrist really in the hospital in Lincoln, Nebraska at the time and a pretty um, prominent athlete uh, from the university um, had a mental health crisis and I happened to be the one on to take care of him, him and uh, the athletic department really liked what I did and asked if I would um, help them out. And I was already very interested in high performers because when I came out of medical school and residency at that time period, they decided psychiatrists were going to be the pill pushers only. And I'm a big believer in medication for when they're needed. But boy, they did. They wanted to take all the important stuff that I thought we had trained back in the day, how to help people think through their problems, become elite. They wanted us to diagnose and give medications and let everyone else do the work. And I saw that as an opportunity to take what I had learned in medical school residency and apply it to high performers in sport. Um, but when the athletic department asked me if I would help out, um, once I had time to do so, um, I really never look back and it's pretty much 
the vast majority of what I do today and, and how I do it has changed quite a bit over time as well. That's incredible. I love that you said you were not the pill pusher because I'm in recovery. Um, you know, drugs and alcohol uh, was a big part of my life. I changed it at the age of 25 and everybody wanted to uh, put me on medication. And that really wasn't the answer for me because it led to other drugs. It's, you know, and pot for me was the gateway drug into other drugs. I tried everything. And then when I got clean, it was like, wow, I needed 30 days just to clear my head, if not 60. And then I had to learn mind over matter, right? To change that way of thinking, the way the brain worked and think, okay, when I get full of fear or when I'm not, you know, accomplishing something, I don't need a drug or an alcohol fix to help me feel better about myself. And I love that, especially for athletes, because I think, you know, my job, it's very stressful, high performance. I'm not an athlete, but I think it's still the mental um, strain that we put on ourselves. And if, if it were not for people like you, then a lot more people would seek medication. And I'm not against medication when needed. I just want to clarify that. But I love that that's not your go-to. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, my first real foray into high performance uh, people was when I ran uh, the addiction unit in Minot, North Dakota. And I started to see for the first time I mean, teachers and doctors and lawyers and homemakers and architects, it didn't really matter what, that if you could help them deal with their addiction, they would go back to their high performance life, but their addiction was completely crippling them either in their relationships and their work life. And obviously probably in multiple things, but that's where I really realized that needed to be my niche because I love seeing people get manage a condition or their health condition, whether it be an addiction or a mental health condition and be able to go back to the way they were achieving really high things in this world but you had to take care of certain things to be able to do so. Yeah. Exactly. I um I have a teenage daughter and uh, who struggles with some mental health stuff. And, you know, I, as a mom, I didn't really know where to go or what to do. You're just kind of blindly picking, you know, psychiatry. And, um, and I, as a mom, get frustrated uh, with, with that industry at times where they were so quick to just put her on a medication um, and not really getting the chance to know her. And what I love about you is you've really gotten the chance to know individuals, um, taking the time to learn them and know them and what they're passionate about and then go from there. Um, I watched quite a fit, few of your videos um, on em empowering and the power of the mind and stuff. And I've learned a lot from Sandy that it is all in the thinking. And so how do you feel, um, not just in sports, but like in the schools, I feel like we're missing um, mental health possible classes to begin their day with um, to make sure their mind is clear and unblocked and understanding why they feel the way they feel. And um, do you feel that's missing in education? I do for a few reasons. One, there's no question in my mind, there's never been more psychological distress in mm -hmm. the past few years. And there's right. tons of reasons, right? I mean, COVID is certainly one of them. And I think social media and society pressures and there's never been more political divisiveness, at least in my lifetime. I'm sure there has been over the centuries, but for a variety of reasons, there's never been more distress. And that 
has really impacted the teenagers. It's impacted everybody. It's not just teenagers, it's young adults, it's older adults, but certainly, you know, when it hits the teenagers and, you know, they're not always as emotionally mature, have life experience to cope with it as well. And so, you know, I'm just such a big believer in education because there's so much misunderstanding about, like you said, like when a, when a mom is, sees their daughter or son struggling, like there's panic and, you know, and then, and, and if you don't know where to turn, it becomes a blind thing, right? So to understand, I think just to help kids and adults understand the why. And so, you know, in, in my day, you know, you were just told to do things because, well, that's because what I told you to do, right? But I always say, you know, we probably would have been better off in my generation and certainly today, kids want to know why. And I think it's great that they want to know why because it's my job to explain the why. Why do we train mindfulness? Why do we train the four C's of an elite mindset? Why do we incorporate mindset training in your overall mental health and well-being? If I can't explain the why, how am I supposed to get them bought into something that's not as simple as a broken arm? Like, oh, you got a fracture, put a cast on it. And so I always say it's our job in my field to explain the why so well that they can completely get bought into a process of getting help. And so of course it would help to start in the schools. And that's why student athletes have such an advantage because so many of them get access to somebody that trains mindset. And so they learn how to train mindfulness. They learn how to move on to the next moment. They learn how to accept their roles. They learn how to deal with failure and grow through it, what I call growth through adversity. And so student athletes get to learn a lot of these things during that time where non-student athletes don't always get to learn a lot of that and they have nowhere to turn when, when things go south. And, and you know how that is. There's social media has been, I call it the bane of perfectionists. It's like, I have a 20 year old daughter and I know how much she loves it too. So there's cool things about social media, no question, but I know what it does to the perfectionist because it always leads back to comparison. And when comparison hits for a perfectionist, it usually isn't a good outcome. And um, it leads to depression and anxiety and eating disorders. And especially in, in young females, not, not that males are immune, um, but it, it particularly it hits young females pretty hard. You know, um, it's interesting uh, because when I got sober, I was taught techniques on how to calm my mind because what's going on in my mind isn't always what's happening in present time. It's either I'm either in the present or in the past. Um, and that's what I find is so effective. Even when I do a lot of corporate speaking, I always talk about self-leadership. In order for me to lead others, I have to lead myself first. And that's what I learned getting sober, working the steps is, am I mentally, physically, and for me, spiritually whole? Am I, am I resting on my morals? Like, what am I doing? Have I done the work for today to be able to carry it through to others? And a lot of times... Uh, I'll just talk about when I'm filming and I start getting in that mindset where, oh my God, producers, crew, it's getting crazy. I'll take a step back, go into my room, breathe, hit my knees, ask for some help, recenter myself and then come back out. And when I'm afraid, so flying, the older I get, the more fearful I get of flying. So when I'm in an airplane, I see lightning off the starboard side. I just think I'm, I'm not in control here. I have to trust the pilot. And that's when I start breathing in and out and just calming myself down. So it's like little techniques like that. And it, a lot of times at night when I can't shut my mind off, 
and it's just going 100 miles an hour, I'll breathe in calm and out peace. And that's what I do. And then the next thing you know, I'm calm and peaceful. So you offer stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is is a deep breathing technique that is really about mindfulness. So the first thing you said to me, which is high performers struggle with this more than any, but we really all do in society is that the best performers, they stay in the present moment. But our minds are always drifting to either the past or the future. Now, if you spend too much time in the past, we tend to be pretty depressed. Now, there's times to be in the past to reflect and reminisce and be honest about things you could do better. But if you're stuck back there a lot, we tend to be thinking about all the things we should have done differently and how we screwed that up. And, but high-performing perfectionists, especially women, tend to spend more time in the future. And when we're in the future, we tend to be pretty anxious, worrying about all the things that often we can't control. So I always say that what, what mindfulness teaches us, one of the things it teaches us is this awareness that my brain is not where it's supposed to be or where my feet are. You know, if I'm, if I'm filming, I should be, my feet are here, but maybe I'm worried about something that happened earlier. I'm worried about something that's about to happen that hasn't even happened yet. And when you get very good at mindfulness, our brain gets very quick to be aware. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And we bring it back to the present moment. And that's part of what's so cool about we have, we actually have control over that and we can train our brain to do it differently. And it changes everything, it takes depression away, takes anxiety away, and it allows us to be our best self. And we have to be in the present moment more often than not to do that. I love that. Where do you spend time, Leah? You the taught past me that. The- oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, don't talk to me about that. You're, you're a future. I need a whole session with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm future very thinker. hard on myself. Are you yeah. a past thinker or are you a future thinker? Are you a present thinker? I really like that. But yeah. What and would then you call I'm, yourself? I'm definitely a future thinker for <laughs> sure. Uh, and I love what you said, um, you know, with specifically teenagers, you know, I, I see a lot of them, especially my daughter, they self-diagnose uh, because of social media, looking things up. Maybe I have this, maybe I have that, maybe I, you know, and they and they start to self-medicate um, smoking pot or whatever, alcohol or whatever they choose, and it makes them worse. And and so um, I love that you explain the why. Now, do you train other people to kind of be like you're uh, not a, a clone of you, but do you train people in mindfulness to also, to kind of spread the love of, you know, um, helping people? Like, do you have people under you that you train yeah, so there's two scenarios. First is I actually do have somebody. Her name is Jess Connect, and she's a budding superstar. You should talk to her one day. But she's mm-hmm. she's you know in her mid 30s. She's female. She's a coach by trade, meaning she's a volleyball coach. But she has this uncanny ability to understand people, and of course, especially young people. So she's actually mm-hmm. works with Max on Mindset, my company, and she's just doing a great job with high-performing females in high school and college, and not just females, but primarily that, and males as well, but um, but she's phenomenal at it. And, um, and it, she has, some coaches are naturally good at it. So the other way we do it is I, you know, I train some coaches to do that, meaning, so I may be with them, but then I'm not with their team very often, you know, uh, especially if they're a long distance away, and so their coaches or team leaders will lead their mindfulness sessions. And so either through a guided app or just by doing it themselves. And so 
I had walked into, I worked with a team called LSU Beach Volleyball down in Baton Rouge. And when I went to meet with them in January, I first thing I did when I walked out into the sand, they were all doing a mindfulness exercise. They didn't know I was there yet using a guided app called NeuroFuel that we helped create for volleyball. And um, they were doing mindfulness training, but it was being led by the coaches and by the athletes. So it's not that hard to teach other people how to then lead a mindfulness session because it's, it's not that it's not rocket science, but it does, it does take a strategy. And then there's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, there's a ton of different ways to train mindfulness. Yeah. You know, we have some friends who are high performing athletes and one of them's Gigi Fernandez. <clears throat> do you remember she told the story because she would get so mad. She's from Puerto Rico and, you know, she's a, a Olympian champion uh, tennis player hall of famer and she talked about how she hired she had a coach yeah that helped her change her mindset so that's i just thought of that yeah like that's that so is, cool yeah so it is effective because i was thinking how do you track that but you track that through the stories from the athletes who you help that's tracking it and uh dara torres like the swimming like she talked about when she went back um you know after age is just a number after 40 right she went back and she placed, you know, like she won. And that's, she also had to change her mindset. But then she also talked a lot about how she watched the other girls and the fear and the anxiety they went through and she'd already done it. So she didn't have that. She was just happy to be there. It's so interesting. And I love that. And a lot of times people go, oh, that's that, you know, that kind of like woo-woo training, but it isn't, it's really effective. And and a lot of guys will say, that's that's not how man, men do it, you know, um, to say you're, I love what you said, check to where your feet are. That's a big thing in recovery. Look at where your feet are. That's where your mind should be. And um, it's so interesting that it's not woo woo. It's actually effective because athletes do this and it's really cool. And I think the more we spread this, the better it'll be for kids like you talked about. And I watched Leah shut her daughter's life down. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, and you've helped her yeah, a that's great love. deal. That's love. That was that's love. Right. And, um, and mm -hmm. I love, you know, and it's not what I love about you and what you believe in, what you do. It's not just for athletes. You know, it's it's for anyone achieving anything great, you know, that they want to just take their life to the next level and they want to keep elevating and be better and, you know, and not be paralyzed, like you said, because they're struggling with the mind um, and learning those tools. So you said you had an app that people could download? Well, this is what, this is actually a volleyball specific app called NeuroFuel. So although I, you know, I've had a, you know, a couple elite athletes in other sports use it because it's so powerful and outside of the visualizations on that app, but there's a ton of them out there and um, you know, that where people can go on Google and do all kinds of free things as well. So but a lot of people like a guide and, you know, I mean, the truth is, you know, it's not woo-woo because the science is so powerful. And so part of me is just being a physician. I'm a scientist by training. So for me to be able to train high performers, including athletes, but CEOs and other people doing really cool things in this world, I had to know that it wasn't hocus pocus, to be honest with you. Like I, I just had to know. And so the science of how the brain changes when you practice mindfulness or what's the science of deep breathing. So I always like a science component to keep it really simple. But for a lot of people that that's one additional part of their why. 
Now they understand why breathing works. Like, why does deep breathing work, but, you know, banging your head against the wall doesn't? Well, right. Because there's some cool science behind what deep breathing does to our nervous system and to mm-hmm. what it does to certain parts of our body and our brain. And so that's where it gets really fun that I think the better I've gotten at it over time, I've really done a much better job of explaining the why, but I've also gotten a lot better job of using lots of short videos from other high performers that validate what we talk about. Oh, did you know that high-performing females, they struggle with self-talk by far the most. That's the number one thing they struggle with. Oh, let's go watch Jordan Larson, who's the best volleyball player in the world. What does she struggle with? Self-talk. What does she do about it? So now you get people bought into, there's nothing wrong with me. The best in the world, this is what I always say, is the best in the world struggle with everything that you do. And I mean other athletes, you know, you're the best in the world at what you do too, but the best in the world struggle with it. But what they do different is they have awareness of what they struggle with and a strategy to deal with it. So my self-talk is negative right now. You first have to be aware that my self-talk is beating me up right now. And then you better have a strategy to change it or you're stuck in it, right? Or my heart is pounding and that's going to hurt my performance if I'm filming or singing or, you know, leading a team meeting. My heart's pounding. I'm way too nervous. Oh, I'm going to go deep breathe. Like you said, you go back to your, you know, your, your trailer and you deep breathe a little bit because you have awareness. I'm too hyped up to be at my best strategy to deal with it. And so I'm a big awareness strategy person because again, now we've got people bought into, we can train awareness. Oh, and I actually can do something about it. I don't have to just sit with my heart pounding going, I guess I'm, I guess I choked again because I was so nervous. No, you can actually do something about it. And that's where it gets really cool. And that's, that's the awesome. takeaway. Yeah. And that's the takeaway of this entire conversation is that you can have these tools to do it and find your strategy because first the awareness and then the strategy. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. And then there's lots of tools in your toolbox. And that's again, again, for people like your daughter and any other high performers, it's like the tools are going to be different for everybody, but you have to know what your tools are. You know, I, you know, I have uh, April Ross who's a star beach volleyball player. She journals and meditates. And I tell some other females in particular that there are some of you that really don't like to talk about your emotions as much as others. Okay. Try journaling them. Try getting them out on paper, thinking through it that way. Now you may ultimately need to work with somebody depending on your struggle, but maybe for you journaling and meditating are a couple of your tools. For others, it's visualization, deep breathing. It's using a winter light box. If you have winter depression, it's there's, there's 10, 12, you know, there's spirituality, there's prayer. And you start to figure out what are my tools? including medication for some people, right? Even though we're both in agreement, that shouldn't always just be the go-to, but for some people, medications are life changers, but they're rarely life changers alone, you know, except for people that are severely mentally ill that maybe are hearing voices or, you know, or, you know, that are walking on the streets, but for tool, but medication alone rarely solves a person's problem. So I always tell people, if you're only willing to do therapy or medication, pick therapy every time. Unless right. you're bedridden and you can't function. Mm-hmm. That might be it. But outside of that, then choose therapy. But choose other tools in your toolbox. And then, again, I think that gets people bought into a process that, like, I can actually help myself. And that there's people out there, whether it's a parent, clergy, therapist, school counselor, you know, that can also help me. 
mentor, you know, help me move out of this world. Yeah. Feel better, function better. I love that. We have our own toolboxes. Yes. So I love that. So you know what I learned from you that I never knew? I never put it together because I do a lot of, you know, soul-seeking. Yeah. You do. And a lot of work uh, personally. It is the past thinkers is the depression. The forward thinkers relates to anxiety. The present thinkers are always in the present. So you're calm and you're dealing with the situation. Quick story. When I was filming Below Deck, season 10 took over for Captain Lee, saw the biggest, ran the biggest boat I ever ran in my life, a thousand tons. I've never run a boat that weighs a thousand tons. Do you know the forward thinker in me? built up this fear with this narrow channel. I'm going to hit the rocks. I'm going to do this. <laughs> if I hit the rocks, the season's over. Uh, like, where's my go-to? And then as I stepped at the helm and Gigi Fernandez, it was my first charter, this Olympian athlete was standing behind me because the wind was 27 knots. I knew the cameras were on me and they're wondering if I'm going to leave the dock or not. I was wondering if I'm going to leave the dock or not because I was present thinking, what if? instead of what is. And when I looked up over my shoulder and I saw this athlete who worked her ass off to get to where she is, she gave me the courage to be in the present and to just move that boat off the dock. That was, that was living in the moment and getting out of the present. So thank you for that. That's, thank you. You're welcome. And again, there are times to think about the future, right, goal setting, you know, right. um, yes, of course. Know, uh, visualizing, yes. you know, yes. you know, seeing yourself succeed. But if we're out there too often, it's often we're thinking about things that are anxiety provoking. We don't have control over. We think worst case scenarios. And again, if we're stuck out there, we're like, you know what? Not a good place for my brain to be right now. Let's come back to present instead of being out in the future too far. Yeah, I agree. I love that. And, and the way to identify that is the feeling, right? So. If you're planning for goals and you're making your vision board, that feels good, right? But if you're feeling anxious and anxiety, then that's the difference. That's not planning, that's projecting. And yeah, and I love the why. Like why why are you putting that on your vision board? You know, why why are you choosing that photo or that dream, you know? And I think just to me, I love that what you do is, you know, why? Why am I making these choices in my life and to teach my daughter, why is she making her choices? Why is she choosing to go to this school? Is she following her friends or is she truly researching for what's better for her future? And so I love, I can talk about this like yeah. all day long, it's but pretty awesome. it's pretty you know, amazing. It's so empowering to, to know that you can train confidence, that you can train composure, being calm in big moments, that you can train concentration, what I call focus, and then when my brain gets distracted, be able to refocus. Yes. Because it's not that hard to focus. It's much harder to refocus when our brain gets distracted. But it's very empowering for high performers to know you can train those. Like any physical skill. You want to jump higher? You want to get an A on a test for the first time? Go ask some experts how to do it. Right. You want to be able to refocus and be present? You want to be calm in big moments? You want to be confident when it matters? We can train those skills. And once there's a recognition that you can train those with strategies that might be unique to each person. But now I can get someone to what I call an elite mindset or a best version of their mindset. Now they get a chance to what I call max out when it matters the most. And it's not just the mental, there's gotta be a 
technical things you got to be really good at, whether it's singing or driving a boat, right? I mean, there's got to be right. tactical things, strategies that you put in place. And there's physical things. You got to take care of your body if you want to be great in your crafts, the sleep and hydration and nutrition. And so there's other things besides the mental, but it's the mental part that's the been the least um, described well. And our craft has it. Our people in my craft haven't done a great job of it. I don't feel, and I feel like that's where the niche has been, communicating at such a level that people understand what I always say: why we train it, what we train, and how we train it. Because if we can't do why, what, and how for anything, what good are we? If I can only tell you why we train the mind, but I can't tell you what or how, what we train or how, well, good am I? If I can tell you why we train it and what we train. But I can't tell you how to train confidence. I can tell you what we train confidence, but you're like, well, how do I train it? I don't know. Well, then what good am I? So we got to be able to tell athletes or high performers why we train it, get their buy-in, get them motivated. What do we train so they understand what we're about to do? Then, of course, they want to know how we train it. We can do those things. Now we got full buy-in and change in behavior in people that leads to better outcomes in their lives. Which is a beautiful thing. And and it all begins with willingness to want to change, yeah. right? Willingness to want to learn and want to change. Right. And, you know, when I go set out to do something, I always think best case scenario, worst case scenario. For the worst case scenario, I think, you know what? I can live with that. And if I can say yes to that, then I'm, in, I'm all in. Um, yeah. How So how can someone get in contact with you or book you for an event or training or do you have a website you can? Sure. Yeah, so maxoutmindset.com. It's all one word, maxoutmindset.com. And then um, if I'm hanging out anywhere, it's on Twitter, doc underscore elite nine. Okay. I do have an Instagram page, but someone else runs it for me. I'm, it's, I'm just, it's just too complicated for okay. me to try to manage <laughs> all that stuff. But I, so I'll hang out on Twitter quite a bit and try to post things that I think are helpful through the lens of what I observe in this world and try to stay extremely positive on Twitter and um, I just don't, for me, there's just not a place for divisiveness. Others it is. Um, for me, it's not. But maxilemindset.com, um, I have a managing partner named Scott Papik. He's phenomenal. He wrote a book called Age is Your Edge, which is really cool. We just wrote a book together called Max Out Mindset for Parents at the request oh, of parents. I'm going to get that. there are so many parents that are impacting their kids' lives, sometimes in a negative way. But if we're being honest, I mean, you'd have to be pretty sick. There are very few parents in this world that want to hurt their kids' confidence or make their lives more difficult in a negative way. Um, but a lot of times they don't know that they're hurting their daughter or son's confidence <laughs> because we don't tell our coaches or our parents what, what you know. And so nobody wants that. So to talk to parents about what role you play in confidence in your kids is pretty empowering for them too because and give them strategies. So that's been fun. And then... And I've got my my initial book, Max Out Mindset. And then I just came out with Max Out Mindset for volleyball about two weeks ago. So yeah, I saw and that. then about one week ago, we came out with Max Out Mindset for parents. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. They can get it on Amazon. They can get it on our website. And it's really not me about selling my products. It's more about, I like to teach people about it. So I don't really care whether people buy the products, but some of them like them and find them helpful to their teams or individuals or now parents and giving them some tools or strategies to have more confidence themselves that they're on the right path or that they're not on the right path. And I can do this better for my kids or for the kids I coach 
or for my friends or my loved ones. And so um, I always say that there's a lot of people that are blessed with good mental health. It's true. Just like some are blessed with good physical health. But what I definitely like to get the message out is there is no way your life isn't impacted by it. You will have a son or a daughter or a family member or a teammate or a coworker or a friend who is in struggle. So even if you're never in struggle, learn enough about mental health and the toolbox, the tools in a toolbox to maybe make a suggestion to somebody. Have you ever thought about seeing a therapist? Have you ever thought about meditation? Um, because every one of us are impacted by mental health, even if we're lucky enough to not suffer from it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I definitely am going to be ordering the parent book. Yeah. You're awesome. For sure. Thank that, you so we much. We appreciate you, honestly. Like I've learned a lot, even though I've done a lot of the work, um, it's still a daily reprieve, right? Yeah. So, and it's remembering that, but you've definitely given me yeah. some tools to think yeah. about. Thank you. Such an honor to meet you. Well, it's an honor to meet you guys. I mean, Pat and I go back a few years yes. through my friend Scott and, uh, they run a crazy fun podcast too that I got to be on. So what, when I heard about this, I'm like, let's do this. This Let's will be fun. So yeah. you guys both do some pretty cool things in this world. And 90% of who I work with are high performing females. So it's just my niche. It's what I love. Um, and um, so when I get a chance to actually talk to high performers in, in, in outside of athletics that are doing cool things in this world, I'm all about it. Yeah, so. I love it. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you everyone for watching the Captain Sandy and Leah Ray show. Um, if you haven't done it already, please click and subscribe to our channel. Thank, thank God you for so Leah. much. <laughs> I have to remember all this stuff. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank for you having again, me. Doctor. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Captain Sandy and Leah Ray show. We are so grateful that you took the time to be with us today. Be sure to share this episode with someone that you know that needs to hear it and subscribe on any podcast platform and find us on YouTube so you can catch every conversation. That's right, Leah. Till next time, let's do the next right thing together. A Huda Media Production.